um, over the last three weeks, we've been in a collection called Who Is This God? And the idea behind this collection, Who Is This God, has been talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. And I say the person of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is a person. We established that in week one um, with a conversation called He is a Person. And all these, you can go back to YouTube uh, to make sure you're tracking with us as we've kind of tackled different things week to week. And so week one, we began that conversation with this truth that he is a person because we all have maybe different experiences or may have grown up different ways or different theology around the Holy Spirit. And so we wanted to make sure we're all on the same page uh, that first week that he is a person. He's not an it. He's not a force. He's not an influence, uh, but he is a person, not meaning he's human, but meaning because he's God, it's God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, but meaning he has attributes that a person would have. He, he can be grieved. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. Uh, he has a mind, a will, all these things. And then the next week we talked about that he is the difference. So it's not enough to just be like, yo, I'm, I'm saved. I know Jesus. I made him Lord and Savior in my life. But it's the Holy Spirit that allows us to live with a difference, that people see a marked difference in our lives. And that is lived out through the fruit of the Spirit. So it's not fruits with an S, but fruit. So all of them, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of the fruit of the Spirit is what makes the difference in our lives. So Holy Spirit brings that difference that allows us to change, that allows transformation to happen in our lives. And then last week, we talked about that he, the Holy Spirit, gives gifts. And that's the gift of eternal life, which is by far the the most important gift there is because that's the beginning of it all. That changes everything, the gift of eternal life. And then uh, there's... There are spiritual gifts that the Holy, uh, uh, excuse me, the gift of the Holy Spirit, where the moment we say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit then indwells us. And then there were the gifts from the Holy Spirit. And we talked about that. You can see some of those contained within 1 Corinthians uh, 12. But it's not just those gifts that, that we define as the manifestation gifts, but there are over 27 gifts that Scripture talks about. One of those being leadership, one of those being hospitality. And then we remember this, that it's not enough to just be empowered by the, to, to, to live and walk in the gifts of the spirit, but yet be mean, rude, and just hateful people. That's where the, the fruit of the spirit comes in, in play. In fact, it's the fruit of the spirit that allows for the, the gifts of the spirit to make sense. Because you can speak in tongues all you want, but you mean in English, so it means nothing, right? And then we also discover, like, yo, the gifts that the Holy Spirit give, they're not for us, but they're to point to Jesus. And one of the things we talked about, you know, the question is like, well, does the becoming church believe in the gifts of the Spirit? In particular, when most people are talking about that, they're talking about the manifestation gifts that Paul lists uh, in 1 Corinthians 12. And the answer, without any doubt, was like, yes. And you say, well, which ones? All of them. But the reason why you may not see some of those in terms of speaking in tongues being one that often trips people up is, is because if you drop down to 1 Corinthians 14, Paul gives the correct way that that gift should happen. And it's not about a show. It's not about a person. It, it is something that if, if it happens in a setting, then there should be an interpretation that follows. And so we did all that last week. And today, as we close it out, 
uh, we're going to talk about uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. We'll give some more detail uh, around that uh, this morning. We all ready? Now, let, let me give, again, let me give a little disclaimer, because I know we're all from all different uh, backgrounds or uh, have different theological perspectives, and so you may hear some stuff today, you're like, I don't know, I don't know. But here's the cool thing. Never let Sunday morning be like it for you. Like, <laughs> you don't just eat, and then you'll eat again next week. You, you might eat breakfast, have a little snack, you know, lunch, second lunch. <laughs> this is mine, sorry. <laughs> Dinner, right? So don't just come in here and, you know, we crack over the Bible and, and then cool, and that's it, and then it's next week. But go dig and die for yourself, right? But I want to say some things you may like, I don't know. But I'm going to do my best from what Scripture says to make it clear for what we're going to talk about. And I also want to remind us, if you're like, yo, some of that's weird, and I want to remind you, it's not God who's weird. It's not the Holy Spirit who's weird. It just may have been weird expressions that you've seen. And so you may have encountered a weird moment at Chick-fil-A, but you go back to Chick-fil-A, don't you? You don't just dismiss it. You're like, ah, Sunday, I'm going to go tomorrow. I'm going to get a number one, right? So that's what I'm expressing here this morning, that just because you may have seen weird experiences or things portrayed a certain way on TV and joking and all that, I feel like through Scripture we're going to be able to see a biblical basis for what we're going to talk about this morning. Is that cool? So let's do it. Acts chapter 8. I'm going to read verses 14 through 17. And then we're going to read Acts 19, verse 1 through 2. And so uh, you can flip with me there, scroll, or follow with me on the screen. But it says this. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And then Acts 19. When Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, so catch that, he found some disciples. So meaning that they had, they're already following Jesus. He found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Again, when you believe, so they're already believers. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit, which is the point of this collection. Who is this God, right? Because there's some of us who, we don't even have the understanding of the Holy Spirit. We just think that's the thing that we mentioned that's a part of the Trinity. But what exactly is that? So let's pray and let's get to it. Father, we thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time that we share together. God, I pray that you open up, God, our ears. Allow us to hear what you're speaking to us. God, open up our eyes. Allow us to see what you're showing us. And Lord, we ask you, God, that transformation will happen. Lord, I pray hope will be realized. God, I pray destiny. God, we'll step into destiny and purpose today. And God, we say this, speak, Lord, because we're your servants and we're listening. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Family, I'm grateful for the opportunity uh, to open the word of God each week. Like, it's such a privilege and honor to be able to do this. And it's not one that I take lightly or for granted. 
um, that God would allow me to have this opportunity to do this. But I will tell you, some of my favorite moments, uh, or just what I call <laughs> perks of the job, if you will, anytime I get to officiate weddings, those are always good times. Uh, child dedications that we're going to do next Sunday. Always love to do that. But also baptisms that we saw take place this morning. And here's why I love them so much and why I call them perks of the job, if you will. It's because life will take all of us in different spaces and places. But if I officiated your wedding or dedicated your child or had the opportunity to participate in you being baptized, we're forever linked. And so I'm always going to be a part of that moment. And for me, it's like, man, what a privilege and honor to know that I get to be a part of your story in that moment. And I love it. But I do want us, with that being said, I want us to take a look really quickly at some recent uh, notable baptism that have, baptisms that have popped up online uh, recently before we continue. So go ahead, uh, check this out on the screen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, as we are buried with Christ in the likeness of his death, lean back. Lean back, lean back, let go. Lean back. So are we raised in the glorious beauty of his resurrection. accepted Christ as his Savior and as his Lord, and he will demonstrate his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, by willingly being baptized this morning. He's been waiting on this day a long time. <laughs> and so, Jordan, upon the profession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son. <laughs> you know, you just never know what you're going to get. And when we were in the back with the class this morning, I was like, hey, any, any surprises? Any, you know, anything we're going to have? <laughs> You know, the second one, all, all of them are crazy. That second one, like, dude is, like, auditioning for WWE. It's like, bro, what is going on? But sometimes <laughs> you just never know what you're going to get. You know, we, we may all be familiar with what we just watched in these. Well, maybe not necessarily how they <laughs> played out. But we may all be familiar with what took place in these clips and what we got to uh, witness this morning in the baptisms that took place here. Most of us are familiar with water baptism, but perhaps there are some of us who are unaware that there are actually two other baptisms. And, and one of those baptisms that we're going to talk about here this morning, it actually empowers us to walk out all of what we've been talking about over the last three weeks to understanding who the Holy Spirit is, to understanding that he makes the difference in our lives, to understanding there are gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. There's a baptism that empowers us to do that, to live a spirit-empowered life. And so in just a moment here, we're going to take a closer look at what that means. But before we do that, I want us to walk through what these three baptisms are. Now, I don't want to assume that all of us understand even what the word baptized means. So uh, looking at that word in the Greek language, baptize, uh, it means to immerse or it means to submerge. And so if you have a question like, 
well, why don't we sprinkle or why don't we do this and, and all that? Well, the word baptize itself or baptizo, what it means uh, in the Greek, it literally means to immerse. It means to submerge, to be baptized into something, submerged into something. And so I want us to have, make sure that we're all clear on that basic understanding to begin. So there are three different baptisms that the Bible uh, specifically mentions. And the first baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the baptism into salvation. This is when the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. And you see this in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, where it says, We have been baptized into Christ's body by the one Spirit and have all been given that same Holy Spirit. Now, part of the work of the Holy Spirit is to condition us to receive that free gift of eternal life that God gives through Jesus, right? Part of the work of the Holy Spirit is to condition our hearts to receive that gift, the gift of eternal life. Now, that's something that I can't do. I can't save you. No one else in here can save you. That's why I can never, doesn't matter how well I preach or or don't, right? That is the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why people can be in the same room and have two different experiences. It depends on what the Holy Spirit is doing in that person's life in that moment and how they are conditioned to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to do in their life at that time. Our job, my job, I tell our team this all the time, is that our responsibility is to facilitate opportunities for people to encounter the presence of God. So our opportunity is to make this space or just not just necessarily like this space, but just facilitate those moments, those opportunities for people to encounter God, for the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. So that's why when you come in here, this place is set up well, and there's an excellence about it because there's one less thing we want you to think about. We want you to be conditioned to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life in this moment because it's the Holy Spirit who brings conviction to the heart of people. Now, notice I said conviction and not condemnation. Oftentimes, we get those two confused. But conviction points the finger at you that says, look what you've done. Look at your issues. Look at your struggles. Look at your mistakes. How can you do this again? That's what condemnation does. But conviction from the Holy Spirit says, listen, I know you messed up, but here's a hand. Get up and be empowered by my grace to live how I have called you to live. That there is a better way to choose. That there is more for you that I have. That there is grace for you. That there is love. That there is protection. That there is healing. That there is freedom. Not for you to continue to live in the same way in which you have been living, but for you to live a way that I desire you to live. To live a God kind of life. That's what conviction does. Condemnation, condemnation points while conviction extends a hand. Are you tracking with me on that? So the Holy Spirit is the one who does the work. And look at, to illustrate that point, look at 1 Corinthians 12, 3. It says, therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by who? By the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that does that work. It's the Holy Spirit that positions us to accept Jesus and live as Jesus being Lord of our lives. Because there's one thing to know that Jesus is a king, but it's nothing to live with him as your king. Are you tracking with me? So let's go back to this. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. So let's ask some questions here. So 
Who's doing the baptizing? It says, we have been baptized in the Christ's body by the one spirit and have all been given that same Holy Spirit. So who's doing the baptizing? It's the Holy Spirit. So it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is doing the baptizing. But who is he baptizing us into? It says we have been baptized into, you got it, into Christ. There it is. We, are, we, we did the uh, cheat sheet for you. It's underlined. We've been baptized into Christ. So this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is where the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus or into salvation. So with that, salvation is immersion into Jesus by the Holy Spirit. So literally, everything of our lives, who we are, is being submerged into the person of Jesus. Right? Are you tracking with me? So whoever you were, your issues, your flaws, your mistakes, all of that is being immersed or submerged into Jesus and it affects every part of our lives. And look what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. Meaning you've been baptized into the person of Jesus who you used to be is gone and now you are a new person. So the moment you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are born again. You begin a new journey. And make, listen, making Jesus Lord of your life is your first step. And if you haven't taken that first step this morning, you're going to have that opportunity before we leave here uh, today. And, and, and with that being said, I want you to, to celebrate this, to get excited about this, that in 35 weeks as a church, that we have seen over 80 people take that step. Come on, that's where you get excited about. That's, the, that's, that's it. <laughs> I don't know what else there is after that. But we have seen over 80 people take that first step and saying yes to Jesus. That's, that's what it's all about. So the first baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. So y'all tracking with me on that. So that's salvation. But the, the next step after salvation, or the best next step, is the second baptism, which is the baptism by the disciple. And that's what we got to witness today, uh, which is water baptism. So the second baptism is water baptism. So off the top, I'll ask the question from the very beginning. Who's doing the baptizing? The disciple. <laughs> and... We see that where Jesus gives this instruction in Matthew 28, 19. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nation, nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, let me say this about uh, baptism, water baptism. Baptism, you do not have to be saved to be baptized. Excuse me. Uh, you do not have to be, yes, baptized to be saved. There are some traditions that will teach that, well, you're not saved unless you're baptized. And family, that's just not true. Right? It, it would negate the whole thing that we talked about last week, that eternal life is a gift. Because if there was anything that we could do for salvation, that means we're earning it. So if you have a job, you earn that paycheck because of what you did and, and, and what they paid you for what you did. Are you tracking with me? And so if there, was, if there were things that we had to do in order uh, to receive eternal life, well, then it's no longer a gift. And so works, well... That would mean being baptized or the act of it. That's work. That's action. That's something that we have to do. But salvation is not based on what we have done. Salvation is based on what Jesus has done. And so you do not have to be baptized in order to be saved. That's the incorrect teaching. In fact, 
Ephesians 2.8, literally every week, this verse has come up. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God. But where we have it continue is to verse 9. Look at what verse 9 says. Verse 9 says, not by works so that no one can boast. So it's not about what you do. It's not about what you've done, but it's about what Jesus has done. So salvation is not determined by you being baptized. Now, you should, but it's not because Jesus was and he's our example. And so we follow what he has done. But think about the thief on the cross when Jesus is like, yo, you're going to be with me in paradise today. He didn't say, yo, Roman guards, let me get off here real quick so I can go get baptized. Right? So it's not a requirement for salvation, but it's something that we should do. It's a private decision. Salvation is a private decision, but baptism is a public declaration of an internal decision. Word of baptism is not just a public declaration, but I believe it's a supernatural moment. Look at what Colossians 3.3 says. For you died and your life is now hidden in Christ. Actually, let me go back. Let me go to Colossians 2.12. It says, for in baptism, you See how your old evil nature died with him and was buried with him. And then you came up out of death with him into a new life because you trusted the word of the mighty God who raised Christ from the dead. So baptism is a supernatural moment because we just saw uh, just a few moments ago that when they were submerged into that water, whoever they used to be, it died in that moment. Come on. That's where it's supernatural at. They, They died in that moment. But the moment they were, came up out of that water, they were raised to new life. And that's what we celebrate this morning is where the O is being made new. And now because of that, Colossians 3.3, for you died who you used to be. Now your life is hidden in Christ. So you know what that means? That means it's, it's like you're hidden. So it's as if the Lord is, if Jesus is standing in front of you. And so now when the Lord looks at you, He doesn't see all of your issues, all of your mistakes, all of your faults. But you know who he sees? He sees his son, Jesus. Why? Because you died and you've been raised to life in Christ and now your life is hidden in Christ. That's why it makes no sense, family. Don't live in a place of shame. Don't live in a place of guilt. Don't live in a place of regret. But understand the freedom and the grace that is available for you through the person of Jesus Christ. Who you used to be is dead, and now you're raised to new life into the person that you are becoming. Are you tracking with me this morning? So water baptism, it cuts off who you used to be and continues the process of who you are becoming. Now here's the third baptism this morning. It's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is Spirit baptism. This is where Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to track on this this morning. So Matthew 3.11, check this out. This is John the Baptist talking. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, some people see this and they're like, yes, but this is to the disciples. But you got to understand, again, when I, when I said this earlier, go home and open up the word. Well, you'll see it was Matthew. At this point, the disciples haven't been called yet. So John the Baptist is not talking to disciples, right? He's just talking, right? So some people who say, well, no, it, the gifts and all that and the Holy Spirit, that's, that's just for the, for the apostles. That's just for them. Well, I would say you need to check that because at this point, 
Like Jesus himself is not talking to them. This is actually John just talking about who is coming, the Messiah who's coming. So let's look at this. We're going to ask some questions really quickly. Who's doing the baptizing? It says, John says, he, he being Jesus, will baptize you in, excuse me, with the Holy Spirit and fire. So who's doing the baptizing? Jesus is doing the baptizing. Now, who is he, who is Jesus baptizing us into? It's the Holy Spirit. He would baptize you in or with, the Bible uses those interchangeably, in or with the Holy Spirit and fire. So the baptism in the Holy Spirit is the baptism that Jesus does. Are you tracking with me this morning? So to, to make sense of this, so check this out. So here, this is not what I had at first, but there's going to be too much water. This table may have folded. <laughs> Isn't it cute? <laughs> but take this right here. I should have gotten a towel. Can somebody bring a towel after this? I didn't think about that. Um, so take this vase, vase, what do you call it? Vase. I'm fancy. Vase. Take this vase, and so at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, salvation, so we're, we're empty inside, and then we say yes to Jesus, and now we've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the, the Holy Spirit indwells in us. So understand, all of you, you say yes to Jesus at any point, the Spirit of God lives in you. That's why uh, Paul says, do you not know you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? You say, yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you. So this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the, 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 the baptism that the Holy Spirit performs, that he baptizes us into Jesus or into salvation. Now, so there's water baptism. We talked about that. Now the baptism in or the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And what does that look like? It looks like this. A complete submersion or being immersed into who the Holy Spirit is and open and available for him to use you in ways that are far beyond your intellect, far beyond your ability, far beyond what you know, far beyond any skill set, far beyond any training you could ever receive. So, baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism into the Holy Spirit, completely immersed and submerged into the person of the Holy Spirit. Are you tracking with me this morning? And I don't, I don't know about you, but this is the way that I want to live, that I want to live completely submerged into the Holy Spirit, who he is and what he has available for my life. And I want to go through the Bible really quickly that we can see this uh, in, in Scripture. So we just saw it in Matthew uh, 3, 11. Now check out. Thank you, Kenny. Now check out uh, Mark uh, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, before I say this, let me, let me, let me back up. So typically in Scripture, so you got the synoptic Gospels. you got Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Synoptic, same, similar. That's what that means. But then John's different. He covers different stories, and he doesn't cover things that... Uh, the, the synoptic gospels cover. But yet, this right here, they all cover it. 
Like, that's a big deal. Like, they all cover this right here. And so this is what I'm about to point out. So we saw it in Matthew. Now here's, here it is in Mark. And, again, for sake of time, we're just going to throw it up on the screen. You're going to see it. So you see it here in Mark 1, verse 8. And then you see it again here in Luke 3, uh, verse 16. Again, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. But then here, here you go. Remember, so it makes sense. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It makes sense that you'll see it. Synoptic Gospels are similar. But in John, they, they don't cover the same stories. But yet, all of a sudden, they do. You see it here in John. The man of whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Remember, inner with is used interchangeably. So, it's clear, family, that Scripture illustrates these three distinct baptisms. There are three baptisms. There salvation. There's water, and then there's spirit. And you can say it this way. We are born again, we are water baptized, and then we're spirit baptized. And, we, and when we participate in all of them, we're following the example of Jesus. And you're like, well, what do you mean? Again, go back to Matthew 3.11. That is the moment when Jesus received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, when it says that like a dove, the Holy Spirit came down. The Holy Spirit isn't a dove, but like a dove. So that is that moment. And you say, well, wait a minute. Jesus was born again? No, Jesus was not born again because he was born right. He, he didn't need to be born again. He, he, he was born right. And so we are born again. We should be water baptized. And I'm making a case that all of us should be spirit baptized. Again, if you're never water baptized, if you're never spirit baptized, it doesn't mean you're not saved. So please don't hear that or th don't think that because there are some people that will say, well, if you ain't spirit baptized, then you ain't a believer. That's not true. So here are a couple places where you can see all three baptisms in the same place. So Acts 8, and we're going to start to land this plane right now. Acts 8, uh, verse 12, it says, But when they believed, Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then verse 16, because of the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they had received salvation. They had been saved, but they haven't been baptized yet. But then here, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So verse 12, it says, but when they believe, that's the first baptism, when they receive salvation. Then the second uh, baptism where, excuse me, later you see they were baptized, both men and women, second baptism, third baptism. Then when John placed their hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. So that's all three. Now, here's three in a single verse, 1 John 5, 7. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. But look at verse 8. And there are, and there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. When you see blood, that is a sign for salvation. And these three agree as one. And so as I close this morning, here's a question. So what, what does that mean? It means family, what Ephesians 5.18 is pointing to. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. That in order to live this life that God has called us to live, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians, Paul is talking to believers in Ephesus. 
So he's already talking to believers. And he is saying, be filled with the Spirit. And here's what I'm saying to all of us this morning. Be filled with the Spirit. And so here are two questions. And listen, that, that, does, that doesn't mean weirdness. It doesn't mean kookiness or none of that. But it means an opportunity to live a Spirit-empowered life that God has made available to all of us by way of his Holy Spirit. There's a reason why Jesus would say that it's best that I go for the helper, for the advocate to come. So here are two questions. Have you ever received the baptism in the Holy Spirit? I'm not talking about the baptism of, which happens at salvation. And if you haven't received that, you're going to have that in just a mo- opportunity in just a moment. But have you ever received the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Here's another question. How do you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Really quickly, this is the first way. Remove the roadblocks. Listen, family, God has so much for your life. And I'm not talking about money, cars, and clothes. It's much bigger than that. That here at TBC, we, we have this idea that God wants us to live a big life. What does that mean? An open and expansive life. In week two of our church, we had this, this tent up here. And, and I showed how some of us were living a closed-off, fenced-in life inside this tent. But just like God did with Abraham, he says, listen, get out of this tent and live this big, open, expansive life. That's the kind of life that God desires us to live. But for us to live that, we got to remove the roadblocks that are in front of us. Because he lets us choose whatever level we want to live on. We can live in, in, in three different levels. Level one is living outside the will of God. Level two is the permissible will of God where he's like, yo, I will allow that, but I've got so much more for you. And level three is God's perfect will. Family, I want to live on level three. I want to be a level three believer and living in God's perfect will. And you know how, to, how you begin that? Remove the roadblocks. Remove any hindrance from your, from your life that will try to stop you from living in what all God has made available. Maybe that's how you were brought up. Maybe that's some cultural differences. Maybe it's a theological persuasion that just led to a misunderstanding. Whatever the case, remove the roadblocks. Why? So that we can live the big life that God has made available. Secondly, make the request. You're like, how do I be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Remove the roadblocks. And then secondly, make the request. In Luke 11, 13, he says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He's not just like a carrot. No, 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 no. Gotta be quicker than that. That's not what he's doing. Like our kids have no problem asking us for a gift. In fact, in Target the other day, they did. Why? Because they know if they ask for a gift, we're not gonna give them cough medicine. We're gonna give them the Paw Patrol that they asked for. So, how much more will our Father in heaven give us the Holy Spirit for those who ask? We gotta make the request. Remember, it's a gift, it's not anything that we earn but it's just our willingness to ask for. And here's the third thing, family, receive by faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Salvation is, in fact, salvation is only by faith, right? Like it's, it's, it's only what the Holy Spirit like gives you to even believe for believing, if that makes sense. This entire journey that we're on is a journey of faith. And following Jesus, it'll blow up your spreadsheets and all your analytical data. 
There are things that just aren't logical that following Jesus requires, and I'm aware of that personally. I remember a time, family, when I was working on Rest on Arsenal, six years into that, and the Lord just was burning my heart for something different. I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, man, I come in this place every day, and I can't stand it. And I'm like, Lord, I don't think this is the attitude I need to have towards this. Because, one, this is service to you. So I need to fix my attitude. And I just begin to pray, and he opened my eyes up to some things that were prophesied into my life when I was young, things that I just dismissed. And so I took the responsibility, and I began to pray on those things. And, man, my heart just kept burning more and more, like God is calling me to something different. But I'm like, yo, I, I finished grad school. I got my MBA. You talking about switching to something else? Hold on. What are, what are we doing here? But he said, just start. Just prepare. And so I found whatever training, whatever I could, and I found that, and I, and I got in that. And then I'm making this a short story. But then the opportunity came up. And in that moment, God was opening his door to leave. And everybody says, you're crazy. You could just sit out here, collect the checks, make the money. Your wife works out here too. Y'all going to get this good old retirement. Go get your little lake house and then just chill. But family, it was so much more than that that I wanted. (laughs) I wanted to live on level three. And so I dismissed everything that was logical. I dismissed what the spreadsheet said. I dismissed what the TSP would be. I ignored all that. I wanted to say yes to Jesus. And this is not some boastful thing. Listen, it, again, there's more to the story. But I said yes to Jesus, and that led us to, 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 to full-time ministry, to me stepping into full-time ministry as a youth pastor. So I'm like, cool, I'm good. Let's go. And the guy's like, nah, that's not it. Here's another illogical thing. I want you to leave this space, and I want you to go on down to South Alabama, L.A. For all those who are new here, I found that out too. It's called L.A., Lower Alabama. And I was like, God, are you sure? North Alabama, I know. L.A., I don't know. Who are you? Like, well, we, everybody said, you're crazy. And I said, I know, but it's God. And so we left and we went. And got to do amazing things and be a part of amazing things. And, and Pastors Mark and Michelle, uh, who you guys got to hear from, uh, was a couple weeks ago, uh, are, are some of our overseers here who help uh, oversee uh, this church and, and our dear friends and people and mentors in our lives. But then God did something crazy. He said, Michael, um, I want you to leave. At least I felt like at the time, like, I felt like that's what God's saying. And I went and told Katie, and she's like, yeah, that's dumb. I was like, I know. Why would we go back? And so we moved back during the pandemic, June of 2020, not knowing what we were doing. My parents live in the area and living with them and just had no idea. And finally, we just began to pray. Like, Lord, why are we here? Why are we back here? And little by little, he began to not only reveal why we were here, but even revealing why we even left. That's the thing about God. He's so many steps ahead of us. When you think you've got it figured out, fam, I'll let you know, you don't. (laughs) And that's when he began to put the dream of the becoming church. And I was scared. I still am. (laughs) And so we just started that journey. 
And then there were a couple people, and then there was a couple people. And we were like, Lord, I don't know. Who's, who's, we posted a video in March of 21, like, hey, here's what's happening. Is anybody going to come to this thing? And, and James, James, some, yeah, James and Elise were like the first email we got. I was like, Katie, somebody wants to meet with us. They want to have coffee. And it was so cool. And then little by little or brick by brick, you know, God began to put things together and start parties and all these things. Some of you who are out here today were a part of that. And then we launched. And then we were placing chairs out on last Sunday. And I'm like, yeah, I think we need to. <laughs> I don't know. That's a little bit too much. <laughs> but then that Sunday, it wasn't, it wasn't enough. We had to go into classrooms and get the little bitty um, chairs that the elementary students sit on and had them placed here in the back. Family, all of that was just being connected to the person of the Holy Spirit and being able to hear his voice and understand what he was saying. And let me tell you, you receive by faith nothing that we have done. This whole journey, it doesn't make sense. It don't make sense in the spreadsheets. It don't make sense in any analytical thing. It doesn't make sense at all. But we knew it was the Lord. And that all became possible by being open to the person of the Holy Spirit, understanding that we could hear his voice and he would use us in ways that were far beyond any intellect, any training, any skill set, anything, because it was so much bigger than us, but it was his power working in us and through us, but not just in us and through us, but in and through the people who are the becoming church, the people that you encounter, that you see week in and week out. I didn't have a backup plan. I didn't want one. There was no plan B. It was only plan A. And so let me tell you this, family. God is not going to make you do anything. The Holy Spirit doesn't force anything, but he makes it available. All you have to do is receive. And you say, why? Why do I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Here's why. You become more like Jesus, and you're empowered to live out your calling. So here's what we're going to do. As the, the team's going to come back, we're going to worship just for a little bit. Don't worry, we're going to get you out of here. But we're going to have a moment to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're like, oh, what's going to happen? Listen, track with me. As I made the disclaimer early in the beginning of this conversation, no one's going to start doing pull-ups from any structure up here. And, and again, I'm not trying, I'm just... I know the perception. I know what that sounds like. But listen, I want, I want you to get over. Uh, remember, remove the roadblocks to receive all that God has for you. Nothing weird. Is, nothing's going to hijack your body. Are you tracking with what I'm saying? It is a free gift that is made available. Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. And so as the team leads us in this song, here are two questions that I want you to ask. Ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And what does my next step need to be? Then we're going to come back, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get out of here. Does that make sense? And so you can stand, you can sit, but don't just stare. I want you to connect, engage with God in this moment, and ask him, what are you saying to me? And what does my next step need to be? Come on, let's worship together.
There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. No thing can compare to our living hope. In your presence, your presence, Lord. I tasted and seen the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone oh and your presence Lord, captivate us holy spirit holy spirit you are could ever come close no thing can compare your living home your presence Lord I've tasted I've tasted cause I've tasted and seen of the sweetest and 
simply wherever you are. If you're sitting, raise your hand high so we can see you this morning. We want to pray with you this morning. Amen. I see your hand. Anybody else, just wave it really high so we can see you this morning. Amen. Amen. I want to lead you in this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Give me a brand new start. I believe that you died and rose again for me. And so today, I'm choosing to make you Lord of my life. Wipe away my past and give me a brand new start. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. And from this day forward, I'm living for you. Come on, can you celebrate that this morning, everyone who made that decision? Come on, that's what it's for. That's what this is for. That's why we're here. And if you made that decision, that was the first baptism, I want to encourage you to take the next best step, which is to be water baptized. And you can simply first text TBC decision to let us know that first one. And you can text TBC baptism both to 94,000. So you can take that next step and be water baptized. And then this third baptism this morning is a baptism in the Holy Spirit, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's nothing cuckoo, it's nothing weird, but it's an opportunity. Remember, baptized means to be submerged. So if you said yes to Jesus, even if that was right now in this moment, the Holy Spirit, it indwells in you. Remember the illustration. So the Holy Spirit indwells you. And you could just stop right there and be perfectly fine. And there's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong in that. But the Lord is saying, But wait, there is more, and the more is being baptized by Jesus into the Holy Spirit that's being submerged into all of what the Holy Spirit is and what he wants to do in your life. So we're not going to extend this moment or try to draw this out. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything like that, but I'm going to pray with you. But if that is you, again, you could have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Scripture says, look, be filled continuously. But if that is you, will you just simply lift up your hands? I lift up my hands with you. I want the presence of God, I want the Holy Spirit to fill my life, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And if that's you, you can simply lift your hands like this or lift as if you're receiving what the Lord wants to do in your life in this moment. And we're going to pray and believe for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So Father, right now, God, we thank you, God, for this moment. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence. God, we thank you and we believe the words of Jesus that said, I must go for the one who is coming, our advocate, our helper, the one who goes before us, who pleads our case, who intercedes for us, Lord. And we don't even know what to say. And so, Father, we don't want to live this closed off life, but God, we want to receive 
God, and live in this big open life that you have made available. So right now, God, I ask, God, that you baptize all of us in this place who are ready to receive, who have removed the roadblocks, made the requests, and are receiving by faith. God, may you baptize us in your Holy Spirit right now, Lord, to live in a new way, to be empowered, God, to be witnesses for Jesus in every space, in every sphere of influence, God. God, may there be a marked difference on our life, God. God, fill us again fresh and continuously, God, with your power, with your spirit, God. Lord, I pray for new, creative, and witty ideas, God. I pray for a breakthrough, Father. I pray for a fresh revelation, God. I pray, God, that our prayer life goes to another level. God, I pray that when we're reading your word, God, that the scriptures jump out on, off the pages in terms of revelation to us, Lord. God, I pray that we have discovered who is this God. It's the God that brings empowerment into our lives, who's not an it, who's not a force, but is a person. Thank you, God, for baptizing us in your spirit, Jesus. God, we love you. We serve you. And we worship you, Father. In Jesus' name.